How many of us need to be reminded that God is with us and that he never leaves us or forsakes us, uh, that he's before us, behind us, and beside us? How many of you need to be reminded of that? I know I do all the time. And it turns out to be that that's the theme of what the service is today. And and still getting a lot of something up here, guys. I don't know if it's me or or not. But anyway, today I want to continue on in, in 1 Kings 9-1. And while you're looking there, uh, 1 Kings 9-1 through 10 probably we'll read. Um, but I want to welcome everybody that's here today. And I tell you what, guys, we're going to not need to start moving up a little bit to allow people to crunch in a little bit so we can allow more people to come in. Uh, God's really blessing us with a lot of new people and guests, and we appreciate that. And we welcome you guys that are here for the first time, for sure. We're glad you're in the house of God with us. I want to welcome everybody online today also. We appreciate you joining us today. Uh, But again, 1 Kings 9-1. And last week we talked about the first time that God came to Solomon and, or, you know, they spoke, if you will. And in 1 Kings 9, 1 is another time that this happened. It'll even say near the second account that the Lord appeared to Solomon. And anyway, uh, I believe that, that, that Solomon was at a turning point here, if you will. And I think that all of us or a lot of people in this room today are at a turning point. Uh, we, we, no God's around, we know God exists, we know God's there, but, but I need him to show himself. And we're on a turning point maybe in our life. And or a turning point could mean the situations are changing or, or a new placement, a new job, or just things are, we're at a turning point and I need to know God's with me. Uh, good, bad, ugly, whatever. Uh, but I feel like Solomon was at that point here and Anyway, I want to read this today, but before we get into it, again, I am blown away each week, and I shouldn't be because it happens every week, but how the songs line up with what God's trying to say. Every song that, that we sang today, I, I'm not kidding, I could say amen and go home now. God spoke the word through the song. Uh, if you were singing and really listening to what you were singing, you're not alone, God's with you, and, and your turning point is realizing that. And the Lord spoke something to me that when I come into the church today that I'm going to share here in a minute. But, but we all, the turning point is recognizing that God is beside us and he's not walking away. And now we can choose to push him away, but, but he's, not, he's not going to leave us or forsake us. So 1 Kings 9.1. As soon as Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the the king's house, that's something else that that I kept seeing in the word today. Uh, I've been listening to 1 Kings from 1 to to chapter 10 or 11 or 12 this whole week over and over. and, And I keep hearing building the Lord's house and building the king's house. And that's just something to think about. I don't even know that I'll talk about it today much. But, but God wants to build our spiritual house first, the temple, but he also wants to bless us with our physical house. And I guess I'll just keep moving into it. I think where Solomon got wrong here, goes wrong a little bit later, is that he got to concentrating on the physical house when the spiritual house has really got, got him where he's at. Uh, 
that temple. And, and that's the thing that I see in here that, that Solomon's building both houses. And as long as that's in order, the spiritual and the physical house, things are going to go great. But when that gets out of order, things are going to get tough. And, and it's so easy to begin to worship the giver and worship God for all the blessings. You know, I can worship this church so much that I miss hearing from the Lord. In other words, you guys are so awesome. I'm blessed today. And, and I can focus in on that instead of what the Lord's trying to tell me. And that's a good thing. But the spiritual house has always got to be above the physical house. And, and, and the, the, the blessings of the physical house are a result of the spiritual house. And we need to get a hold of that. That's a turning point. But the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time as he appeared to him at Gibeon. And that was in 1 Kings 3 that we talked about last week. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and plea. I want you to get that today. I have heard your prayer and plea. Uh, please just what you ask for and what you're sincere about in prayer, which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name therefore. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you walk before me, here we got that again. God said, here's a temple, here's my house. I'm always going to be here. But you got to choose to be there. But if you walk before me as David, your father, walked with integrity of heart, uprighteousness, and doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my status and my rules, then I will establish your throne over Israel. For as I promised David, your father, saying, You shall uh, lack, or you shall, just a second here, I blew my deal up. You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. And what was really hit me in that is, again, God was saying is, if, if you keep your spiritual house in order, I'm going to build up your physical house. And it, it's, guys, it's basic stuff. It's, this is all one-on-one. The Bible's one-on-one. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all other things will be added. Build the spiritual house, then the physical house is going to come along. And then we, we get that out of order, and then we got to be careful. Uh, uh, but anyway, but if you turn aside from following me, your, you or your children, and do not keep my commandments and my status that I've set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut Israel off before uh, you, or, or I'll cut Israel off from the land that I've given them and the house I have consecrated for my name. I will cast out, out of my sight, and Israel will become a proverb and a byword among all people. And this house will become a heap of ruins. Everyone passing by it will be astonished and will hiss, and they will say, Why has the Lord done thus to the land and to this house? Then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and laid hold of other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, the Lord has brought all this disaster on them. Verse 10, and at the end of 20 years in which Solomon had built the two houses, you see it again, the two houses, the house of the Lord and the king's house. And I just added that in there because it kind of changes gears then. But, but God heard, point one today, God heard Solomon's plea 
and the presence of God entered in or enters in. That blank spot behind you, if you're joining online or with the Bible app, you can fill it out there. And it's God heard Solomon's plea. Uh, a lot of times that spot's blank because we don't believe God hears us. And we need, to, we need to know that God hears our plea and his presence enters in. And we need to recognize that. The Lord is basically telling Solomon, you practice integrity, you practice my presence, and I will prosper you. And integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. So in other words, it's all back to seeking God, you know, seeking the presence of the Lord. So we see here that, that after 20 years, you know, God comes to, to Solomon and he reminds him of these things. And, and God had, had prospered Solomon for practicing his presence and being a man of integrity. And so he's, but he's reminding him again, keep the spiritual house above the physical house. And I wanted to go through some things that Solomon had done in the last 20 years or in this time. You know, Solomon completed the two houses. He completed the house of the Lord and he completed his house. And, and I wanted to chase that rabbit a lot of times because I believe that we as believers a lot of times, after 20 years, we get to the point that, hey, I've completed my spiritual house. I've completed my physical house. So I'm going to just go in glide mode. And I think Oakland's battled that the last few years. I think we're coming out of it. I think we're at a turning point that, man, we went from 70 to 500. Oh, man, our spiritual houses are built. Our physical house is built. And we're just gliding along now when it doesn't stop. You know, after 20 years of serving the Lord, are you going to back off or are you going to consider to press in? I don't know if we realize that, but it's been 20 years, basically, since I've come on, 21 years. Dad's been here 25 or 29, I don't know, maybe 50 for all I know. But, 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 it, but, but we've seen the growth in the church and, and God prosper us. The houses have been complete. I see how God has blessed you physically, he's blessed you spiritually. But I say, don't stop. We got to continue to press in and we'll get into that a little bit later. But we see that Solomon completed the two houses. We talked about last week that Solomon's gifts and knowledge of wisdom, they just flourished. You know, we shared an example last week of of the first temptation that come to to Solomon and, and the Lord give him wisdom. But from then, there was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain. Man, think of that wisdom. If, if, if nothing happened to you, you didn't, you know, God provided the wisdom that you could figure it out and explain it, that you had an answer for all things. We see that Queen Sheba in 10.5, and again, you'll have to jump around. We're going to be in 1 Kings 10 or 9, 10, 11, off and on today. But, but in 1 Kings 10.5, uh, Queen Sheba came to uh, Solomon to see if this wisdom was true. And she was so overwhelmed with the wisdom of Solomon that the word said it took her breath away. Man, isn't that cool, guys, that we can be so wise we can take the breath away of our wives? That's what Karen says about me. Kid's so wise, he takes my breath away. 
Think about that. I don't want the comments, just laugh. But imagine. So impressed. Queen Sheba was so impressed with his wisdom, she gave 120 talents of gold, 1 King 10.10 10 says. Guys, 100 and, and, and uh, whatever I said, 20 talents of gold is around 75 pounds of gold, which in today's world is $1,578,293. This gal was so impressed that she brought him gifts. And that's wisdom. It said in, in, in 1 Kings 10, 14, that the weight of gold that came to Solomon one year was 666 talents. That jumped out at me, 666, because how we get the worshiping the money instead of the Lord. Anyhow, another rabbit. But 666 talents of gold was 10,656 ounces, which is 19,884,000. $96. Think about that. People just bringing in the monies. And I hear it all the time. And again, I'm not here preaching money, guys. That's the last thing I'm preaching. But I hear all the time, we can't accomplish something because of money. We can't accomplish something because of people. We can't accomplish something because of time. But guys, if, if, if one person in here got on fire for the Lord and trusted the Lord like, like this and the, the power and the Holy Spirit come over the Lord, people's going to just bless it. God will have people bless it. There is nothing too little, nothing too big, nothing too fabulous that God can't do in us. God said our minds can't comprehend all that he has for us. Man, there's already been books written about, or we've been in books written about other things, but Oakton's been used as an example of three or four books that I know of. How in the middle of nowhere, God accomplished something. And we need to get that mentality is that, that there's, we can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives us strength, whatever it is. Finances aren't a roadblock. We are. Gold, I already did that. Silver, in, verse, in 1 Kings 10, 27, was as common in Jerusalem as stone. Think about that. There's a lot of stones on this property. Again, kings and kingdoms came to seek Solomon's wisdom, 1 Kings 10, 24. These kings would bring him gifts of silver, gold, garments, mirth, spices, horses, mules each year, 1 Kings 10, 25. Solomon built massive armies. He had massive navies. These ships would go out and bring in gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. He liked baboons and peacocks and apes. 1022 tells us everyone in Israel was happy. Can you imagine? Could we say that, that happy are your men, happy are your servants? Can we even say that about you at Oakton today? God is moving so much here at Oakton that Happy are the people of Oakton. Blessed. And it's not because of the physical house. It's because of the spiritual house. 
I can get up here and dance and make you laugh, but that's not going to draw you back next week. But if I can come up here and give you a word from the Lord, that will draw you back each week. We're building a spiritual house. And all these things were results of building the spiritual house. So God fulfilled his promise to Solomon, 1 Kings 10, 23 says, Thus King Solomon excelled in all the things of the earth, in riches and in wisdom. And the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his mind. You see, the, the spiritual house is where it came from. God put it in him. And God's put it in us today. We sing about it all today. We got to get a hold of that. So as we compare this to us, like Solomon, God hears our pleas. And his presence enters in. God's presence all around you, but he's begging for you to open up and say, he's like this, kid, kid, kid. And when I say, yes, Lord, man, he he's enters in. And I, I, I know he's in the believer, but I mean, we shut him out of what we're doing so many times. But do we believe that when we pray that God enters in, when we're at these altars today, when we're in our seats, when we pray to God, do we believe he enters in or is it just a ritual? He enters in. This morning I was up and going and, and working in the living room and I kept hearing this thundering and I thought, boy, care sure loud today. And I walked back in there and I said, what's going on? Is it thundering outside? Yeah, it's thundering outside. There's a 100% chance of rain today. It wasn't raining yet, but she said there's a 100% chance it's going to rain today. It's going to rain today. And I'm like, praise God, it changed my attitude because I like the rain. Whenever I was growing up, Dad worked our tails off. He would literally grind us in the dirt, didn't you, Dad? And, and he wouldn't feed us unless we worked, and he wouldn't give us things unless we worked. And, and anyway, but Saturdays... When it, or excuse me, when it rained, it was play day. All we had to do was work in the shop. And our shop, Joe, was like yours. We had to go work in the shop, clean it up, get things in order, work on equipment. And, and, but it was a fun day. I could cut out early. I could take a long lunch. But I grew to love the rain. And then when I went to work for Jerry and Karen, same way, we worked hard when it was time to work. We worked hard. But boy, we praise God when the rain came because we got to rest. So rain, I love rain. And so I got excited and it changed my day. I got off of being nervous about the service. I got off nervous about being worried about that or the fantasy football draft this afternoon and, and maintaining the Super Bowl status, all these things. And I got to thinking about the rain. And it just made me feel good. You know that rain is a sign of God's faithfulness? Anyway, that's another rabbit. But as I was thinking about these things, it really moved me and brightened my day because we're in a dry and withered land right now. Karen and I went over to the Crawford State County Park yesterday, and I couldn't believe the way they're burning up over there. And, man, we need the rain. We're dry. If I get to church, it's still raining. And I had my good clothes on, and I didn't want to get out in the rain. Didn't. Sat in the car. Didn't want to get out there. Stopped the rain for a little bit so I can get inside. So finally I got out, and I went in and, and opened the door for a couple, and, 
I opened the door for them, and I stepped in, and the gutter just drains right on my head. Dead gum, that gutter's leaking. I wonder why the church hadn't fixed that, fixed that thing. They didn't get their house in order. But I walk in, and I'm sitting here, and I'm kind of visiting, and walk up to a friend and said, man, 100% chance of rain today. He said, God's just teasing us. God's just teasing us, and I'm kidding around a little bit now, but, but I thought to myself, do we realize there's a 100% chance or no, 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 be back up. No chance. There's 100% that God's here today. It's 100%. It's 100% that God is with us. Guaranteed. Does it make us happy? Does it get us excited? But the Lord really spoke to me. Our land is dry and weary because we don't want to get out in the rain. We don't want to do these things that we think God makes us do. When if we really realize how much God loves us, it would change our lives. Psalms 37 talks about God gives you the desires of his heart because he knows your heart better than you do. We ought to be happy about that. Be willing to get out into the presence of the Lord and trust him. But he's going to make you quit your job and go do this. So if that's what God's calling you to do, you're going to be happy. And he's going to build your physical house along with that. And that's what we don't get a hold of today. I think even sometimes we think God is teasing us. That God is playing around. Hey, Jason, you come over here, little puppy, and I'll take you away. I'll give you boop, boop, boop. God hit in that way. God's already there, ready to grab it, Jason. He's ready for you. He doesn't tease us. He doesn't play around with us. He's cut and dry. I'm here. I'm here. So let your prayers and requests be made known to God. Please, not please, but let your please be, I'm going to twist up, so let's go on. So we just need to practice his presence as much as we can. Practice meaning look for his presence in all that we're doing. In your life and everything you're doing, but, but when we look at it and we see it, we need to participate. So we need to practice his presence. We need to participate and we will be prosperous. And guys, uh, you may do it for the wrong reasons in the beginning, but I sure don't now because I know God's blessings are more than mine could ever be. We've got to practice his presence. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We, We see that. We recognize that. And then what we do now is we practice that and we go get saved. But guys, Jesus has really been dealing with me on the scripture the Holy Spirit has this week that we say, always hang up on no one comes to the Father except through me in John 14, 6. But, but we forget that first part, I am the way, meaning it's guaranteed. That's 100%. I am the truth, that's his word, that's 100%. And I'm the life. That's the truth. 
And, and we know that he's talking about eternal life, but as the Bible says that by his stripes we're healed in 1 Peter 2.24. So on the cross Jesus hung, 1 Peter 2.24 says, and in the end said, but by his stripes we are healed also. Life. We don't have to fear the death angel because Jesus brings us life now. That's why we pray for healings because we can be healed immediately. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The enemy comes to seal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Blessings. That prosperity of life. The blessings of God. So we need to practice this scripture. We need to practice this one here. And I added another one in. It's not up on the board. But, but the Lord dealt with me and reminded me of this. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. And I'll give you a minute to get there. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the word to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that I might in him or so that in him, we might become righteous, the righteousness of God. That's a lot of stuff to swallow there. So that's why you need to go home and practice his presence and really break down this scripture because anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. Well, Solomon was constantly, you've got to stay righteous. You've got to stay righteous. When we accept Jesus Christ, we are made righteousness. We are made righteousness. So all these benefits of Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit, all those gifts are in you. We just got to pull them out. We just got to practice them. The fruits of the Holy Spirit are in you. Well, I'm an angry person. No, you're a love person. You're a joyful person. You, th- th- these are in you. And we just got to pull them out. You see, we got to practice the presence and recognize who we are in the Lord. And as we do that, we're building our spiritual house. Then we're going to turn around and be saying, look, man, my family's coming around. Wow. Man, my job's been going better. Or maybe your job went away and you got a new one. But you're going to see God moving you into his perfect life for you. But he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, verse 18 says. And I believe that's what we need to be building How now. We're building the spiritual house of God personally but I think the spiritual or the house that, that we need, to, the physical house, is this, the church. Uh, so many times we want to just focus on my life, and I think that's part of it too. But, 
But we are called to reconcile people. We're called to the ministry of reconciliation. Hey, it worked for me. You need to do it. You know, if we're pressing into God and we're experiencing the blessings of God, we're not going to be quiet about it. So if you're not excited about God, I'd question where you're at in the Lord. I'm not saying you're not. You can have bad times and still be happy in the Lord. Content in the Lord. And believe me, I know. You haven't gone through, I've gone through. Yeah, I have. Let's just do that. I'm jumping all over the place, but 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I think it is maybe 2 Corinthians. I thought I wrote it down here, but maybe I didn't. See, this when pastors do this, then they go into to boom, boom, nervous mode. Anyway, I can't find it here. Yeah, I can. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But through, <laughs> that's what's funny. It was right under what I was getting ready to say. Through practicing his presence, we will overcome all these things. And, and Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Get that? There's nothing new under the sun. I guarantee somebody's gone through what you're going through. Believer has gone through what you're going through. It's common. I believe Paul went through it. I believe Jesus was even challenged with the same temptations we were, but he was without sin. Man, think about it. But, but my friend betrayed me. Everybody betrayed Jesus. Think about that. Everybody betrayed Jesus. We needed his blood to be made righteousness. You know, I haven't betrayed Jesus. Well, I, I do a lot, guys. I mess up a lot. And, and I, Jesus says to do something. I, no, I don't want to do that right now. I was sharing with somebody the other day that I'm dealing with some things that the Lord's putting on my heart. And I said, part of it is, is I may be scared and running from it. So we do it all the time. But if we're not practicing his presence, we're never going to get over that turning point to get over it. We got to practice his presence. But no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. Just like rain is a sign of God's faithfulness. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. So whatever you're going through, God thinks you can handle it or you wouldn't be there. Because the minute that you can't handle it, he's going to reach down and grab you. But with the temptation, he will also pride the provide the way of his shape that you may be able to endure it. Kept telling Joshua his whole life, don't touch the stove. And he's fasting their little, they're really fast the critters are. And he would head to that stove and I'd grab him and, and I'd get after him. And, and another time I'd grab him and get after him. And one day I didn't get there in time and he does this on the stove. But I jumped in there and picked him up. You know, sometimes we're, you know, the Lord's pulling us back, trying to guide us, trying to direct us from the temptations, but we ignore him and then we get burnt. 
And he's not over there. I didn't do up Joshua and slap him upside the head and say, told you so. Told you so. Go cry on your mama. I didn't do that. I went over and picked him up and said, son, it's going to be all right. And we doctored it. When he kept running through our closets, our house had closets where you could run a big circle. Doors on each end of the closets. Well, in the middle of that, I had a safe hidden in there. And Joshua and Amy used to chase each other through there. Guys, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, but it's fun, Dad. It's so fun. One day I was taking a shower and I heard a thunk. And Joshua fell down and hit his head on the safe and split him wide open. I was in a very vulnerable position. I was in the shower and I had to get, figure out how to get him to the hospital. I didn't slap him upside the head and beat him around more. I took care of business and then took him and got him fixed. We've got to realize that God is for us and not against us. Well, he allows things to happen. Yeah. But a lot of times it's things you decide. I've really chased rabbits today. But we're called to reconcile people unto him. And we're even to the point God has called us to be ambassadors for Christ. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled and, and we're to go out and as ambassadors like the ambassador goes over to russia and he speaks for the president and he gets in and speaks america 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 to russia or to wherever it is france england all over the world the ambassadors of america are out there speaking for the president trying to reconcile people unto what america is and the freedom America has. We should be doing the same thing as Christians. And that's what I'm getting at today. I think we focus on, we got the, I almost wanted to put a third tier in, but we got the spiritual house, it's us. Our personal relationship with Jesus. And then I believe there's a house of God that we need to be building. And that's reconciling people into God and, and to being ambassadors. But I'm not saying there's not a physical house. God wants to bless the other houses. But guys, we, 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 we focus on the, our personal gain too much. And we need to be focusing on the house of God, the church, going out and being ambassadors, imploring. You guys realize imploring means to beg, to plead with someone earnestly to be saved? Have you begged somebody to be saved? Have you got on your knees and begged for them to be saved? Pastor, they just don't listen to me. I'm afraid they won't respond. Have you been on your knees pleading with God for their soul? And have you begged them to be saved? What do you do with your friend when you want them to go do something with you? Hey, man, we're going to go do this tonight. Come hang out with me. Man, we're going to go to the movies and we're going to go do this. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time. Oh, no, I'm busy. I got to work. I got to work. Oh, no, come on, come on, come on. Okay, I'll go. It's that simple. We'll do that for worldly things, but will we implore for godly things, the things that's really going to change somebody's life? But like Solomon, if we stay in the presence and we're practicing the things of God, 
We're practicing his presence. We're practicing his words. We're implementing these things in our life. You will complete your spiritual house. You will complete your physical house. You will do what God's called you to do if you do that. God doesn't call you to tell you he's not going to come through. So as I think about that today, do we have unfinished things in our lives today? You know, do we have unfinished things with God that need to be dealt with? Do we have unfinished things that, that at the church that needs to be dealt with? Guys, something that weighs on me tremendously is, is I see what God wants to do at Oakton Central. Man, we have a lot of unfinished business, and I hope we realize that and are pressing into his presence so that we can complete the work, that we can practice and do what he's called us to do, that we don't settle, that, that this is big enough, this is good enough. That we're continually pressing into our personal relationship, but also the relationship we have with each other here at Oakton. So much we could be doing. So much. But we need the people to reconcile and be ambassadors for Christ. So much unfinished business at Carthage. I drove around after the service the other night and, and it just weighed on me and I'm driving around. Lord, I implore you. We need the people. We need people with time, tithing, talents in Central Carthage and Golden City. Lord, we need it. Lord, I implore you. We need them. And I'm sitting there and I start to head home after about an hour and the Lord said, go back to church. I went back to church and there were still several people there and we prayed. But I, I just, guys, do we get it? That, that true happiness that we're seeking, the true fulfillment that we're seeking comes from our personal relationship with Jesus, number one. And then I think we're missing on, out on so much fulfillment in the body of Christ. So much activities we can do together. I think we're missing out on so much on reconciling people. So much on, on, on winning people to Christ. So much opportunity out there that will bring us happiness. Boy, Joe, you might be glad you're that far away. My computer's all <laughs> slobbered up here. But anyhow, I've talked too much, I guess. Let me just ask you these things. You know, we talked about Solomon's blessings. Like Solomon, nothing will be hidden from us if we just press into God. That's for us. And I don't say this, I, I, I don't say it like to be a joke because I think there's truth in it, but, but if you want to impress your, your spouse, you want them to eat out of the palm of your hand and practice his presence. They just want to, your wife wants a spiritual leader. And your husband wants somebody that loves them like the church is supposed to love Christ. Read Ephesians chapter 5. 
You want your wives to bring you $1.5 million? Then practice the presence. And they'll bring you gifts. And I don't, I don't say this to be, I kid a little bit, but, but when I'm good to Karen, she brings me and does things for me. When she's good to me, I do things for her. She wanted to do something yesterday. I didn't want to do it. But I wanted to do it for her. Because she's good to me. Man, she puts up with me. So, hey, hey. <laughs> Who said that? Man, I'm really upset over that one. Nobody said amen when I was good to her. Come on. Amen. Thank you. I got somebody. I'll pay you later, brother. No, really, God gives him wisdom, I believe. Okay. I don't know where to go here, guys. It's maybe a good quitting time, but I'm not even close. Um, but you can see that Solomon didn't stay close to the Lord. And, and just to go quickly to close out, the praise team wants to go ahead and come up. But Solomon was obsessed with women. And anyway, when confronted by the Lord, and this is the testing thing, and I'll give them a minute to come up because I, I want to get this out. Because so many times we put it on God and we blame God. It didn't work out. I prayed to you and I did this and I did that and you didn't come through. Well, that's not even accurate to be said. Um, but the Lord had told Solomon not to do these things. You shall not enter into marriage with neither them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after other gods. But something that got my, this is First Kings eleven two. but the Lord told him, you're obsessed with the women. I don't know where, why we'd even think that. He had 700 wives and what was it, 300 concubines. I mean, I've only owned one combine my whole life, but that was pretty punny, wasn't it? That was a good pun. Come on. I did do that in Bible college to my professor once and and I said, well, I didn't know they had combines in the Bible. And he goes, that's not a combine. It's a concubine. He began to explain it to me. But, but anyway, uh, you got to have fun with those people that think they know it all, right? Um, but anyway, think about that. Duh, I've got a problem here. And, but the Lord warned him, but Solomon clung. Solomon clung to these things. The Lord, Lord warns us constantly of things, but, but we cling to them. I know better than he does. Or I like these things better. Solomon was unfaithful to God. When he was old, these wives turned him away from, his heart away from, or excuse me, just read it. For when Solomon was old, this is 1 Kings eleven four, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to God. As, his, as was the heart of David, so his, his heart wasn't there anymore. So when we allow these things to keep rocking in our life that we know and God continually says, Joshua, don't touch the stove. Joshua, don't touch the stove. Joshua, don't touch the stove. And we do it, we're going to get burnt. But Solomon openly defiled God. And Brother Jim, what you shared with me just earlier today on that T-shirt that guy had on yesterday that rocked your world, 
that's maybe a point that that kid's at, and we need to pray for him and minister to him. But, but Solomon openly defiled God. Then Solomon built a high place, and he began to serve the God of Moab, Molech, uh, Ammonites, and, and he began to do this. And if you want to dig into Moabites, guys, if I'm right, they're the ones that sacrifice babies, abortion. Uh, we got Moabites in our life. You know, I'm going to be teaching a class coming up on disaffiliation or not. Uh, we're, we're talking about disaffiliation or not because of one thing, it's, it's a scriptural problem. It's a scriptural problem. And, and we need to recognize that. But guys, again, I keep telling us, we're all cheering and excited about disaffiliating with the UMC when we got sin in our own life that we won't disaffiliate with that we're clinging on to. That's hypocrite. So we need to do all this in the right heart. Everything that we do is in love because we want people to do things to us in love. But Solomon openly defiled God. And then he turns away and, and then his prosperity, everything was taken away. And I don't need to compare that to us, but I will tell you, go read Hebrews uh, uh, 5. Uh, 11 through 14, or 11 through the end of the chapter. Just read, just read Ephesians, or Hebrews 5 and 6. But it talks about the church that, that, that we should have be here instead of here in our spiritual lives. And a lot of it is we don't get from here to here because we're clinging on to things. And they may be good things, but we got to keep the spiritual house number one no matter what. And then all these other things are going to come along. But guys, it's a turning point. Every day is a turning point. Will we turn to God? Will we return to, to our way of thinking? So anyhow, that's the altar call today. We're at a turning point. And the Lord's dealt with you today. And is your spiritual house in order? Because that's what will change your life. And I'm talking about your personal relationship with Jesus. But guys, I still plead to you. As the Oakton body, we're not done. We're just getting started. But I need you on board. Jesus needs you on board. But I showed this the other day. And Joe, you can raise your hand by confirmation after you hear me talk. But I see three groups in Oakton. I've seen it for 20-some years. And, and, and I explained it to him, but I wanted him to see it for himself. And did I not do that? And, and I told him afterwards why I did what I did. But there's three groups of people, I believe, that are in Oakton. Those that are fully in, practicing his presence with all their heart, soul, and mind. And then you got a group in the middle that, man, their heart's in the right place, but they're just, right, they're just in the middle. They don't, they don't really want to lay over this way. They don't want to really go over to be an all-in. And then we got some that are just in the beginning of their faith and they're trying to figure things out. And we've got to minister to all that. And, and we've got to ask for the wisdom of God to show us how to bring us all together as one, but not three different groups. To bring us together as one so that we can minister and raise each other up and build the spiritual house. This ethnic thing, guys, I think that, that Oakton has been, been given groundbreaking opportunities on ethnicity. I think we're doing it. 
But I think even in that, that we got some that agree with it, some that are in the middle, and some that are just plain prejudiced on both sides. But God wants to build the house. And we got to come together and not fight and bicker amongst each other, but come together and figure it out. The same way as we're coming together, disaffiliate or not. We're coming together, we're breaking the scripture open, and we're going to seek the Lord and build the spiritual house. And then everything else is going to come along behind it. Amen? So stand to your feet today. I gave you some examples, but what do you need, the Lord, in your life? You need to recognize that he's here. How many recognize he's here? We, got, we get that across today. 60% of you got it. He's here. So just turn your heart to him today. Praise him. These altars are open. If you need prayer, we'll be here. If you need salvation, man, that's the first step of building the house. Come to us and pray.